At times, it seems that we find ourselves living in a world that promotes a certain idea of individuality, in that the experiences, mentalities, struggles, and successes that shape a person are completely their own and of their own making. For example, if in a society that values and places a heavy emphasis on grind culture, we were to see, let's say, an individual make a fortune and achieve infamy by starting a revolutionary new business, we assume at first glance that this success is the product of just one great mind executing that great mind's own vision. But this isn't always the case. Instead, these great successes are often the culmination of ideas generated by the process of life. And in this process, it is an objective fact that we do not navigate this world completely alone. There are many other people in it. Of course, a vision or dream can be had by an individual, but often is helped along by many different people, ideas, and perspectives that everyone brings to the table. It's a series of collaborations with the humans we connect with on a daily basis and share this world with. Through this lens, we see that connections are important in life because they shape our beliefs, ideas, successes, and sometimes the course of our lives. Thank you for once again tuning in to Eugene Ballet at the Bar. I'm Alessandro Angelini. Today, I sit down with Eugene Ballet's resident choreographer, Suzanne Haig, to discuss her original choreography, With Your Own Wings, what this piece and celebration mean to her, and so much more. Please enjoy. Susie, thank you so much for being here with me today for the, I guess, well, this is the first series in quite a long time since we've done a podcast and actually the first time in almost a year since I've done one in person. Um, so thank you for joining Hi. me. Yeah, happy <laughs> to do it. Well, I wanted to get right into it. Um, I was talking to Tony um, and also kind of listening to the Ballet Insider um, audio and in the episode featuring Tony, we learned a little bit about the show's namesake. I want to get a sense of what this celebration means to you. So when asked to create a piece for this program, what inspired or excited you the most about the celebration of the Uncommon Woman? Uh, well, I think there are a lot of things that I'm really excited about for this particular program in general. I, I think just having the platform to celebrate female voices in an industry where that is not common is really wonderful. Um, and just to be able to create something new to present alongside four existing works that are really, truly fabulous is a little daunting, <laughs> yeah, but, um, but exciting, of course. And I didn't, um, I guess in setting out to create something specifically for this program, I, I wanted to explore my own womanhood and what that means to me, how I can share that with the audience. And that is sort of my jumping off point for creating a piece for this program. And over the process of workshopping the piece over the summer and then working on it more this year, it's, it's actually evolved a lot and it's not really <laughs> what it originally set up to be. Um, but I think just having that, that, that backbone of exploring femininity and being a woman and being uncommon in this industry is is what my piece for this program is about and and I think what the program is about in general
Absolutely. And I think, I think it's so poignant that you, you bring up this topic. I mean, it's really, you know, we find that there's a lot of, um, male presence in the ballet world and, you know, every aspect. Um, and I was actually listening to a little bit of the Ballet Insider um, and talking, you were talking about um, a question that stumped you in one interview, right? Oh, yeah. Where you were asked, like, what's the difference between a female choreographer and a male choreographer? And then just exploring this idea that, well, choreography truly is um, an expression and not something that you can <laughs> truly define in that sense. And I think maybe even just starting with that thesis, you know, here is that, that, that space to put that thesis out. And I think having a celebration that's all about that topic, I think mm -hmm. really helps bring it to light um, and to life, you know, mm -hmm. when you're taking that yeah. piece outside of context and maybe working it through the summer and now even maybe implementing it in a different way and coming in with a different perspective, I think maybe that's gonna, I don't know, I'm excited just even being in the rehearsals, I know that. Um, I also wanted to talk um, about your piece a little bit. Um, your uh, title for this celebration is With Your Own Wings. Could you talk a little bit about the significance of this title as well as how the choreography helps reinforce or subjectify that message, if at all? You know, I've noticed that the choreography at times is very intertwined and supportive and maybe at other times when there's a solo work or maybe in a different sense, a duet is, you know, maybe breaking that theme a little bit with a different tone and um, approach to that movement. Um, so could you just talk a little bit um, about that? Sure. So um, this, as I said, this piece has gone through a lot of changes. And when I first created it in the summer, it was more focusing on my own experience as a woman, um, what it means to be feminine and how how I navigate this industry and just this world and knowing that I can't speak for all women or or everyone that identifies as a woman but but just kind of my narrow focus on um, myself as a former dancer as a 42 year old woman that is unmarried has no children seeing a lot of my you know women my age having many children and feeling that pressure like why, why don't you want to do and have ev all of it, all of the things that a woman can do. So that's sort of where it started from. Um, and then I took the, the workshopped piece, which at the time involved five women and one male dancer. Um, I workshopped the piece, it had no title, and Tony talked to me about it a little bit. And she, she said, uh, so, so what is this piece about? I said, oh, it's, you, you know, I feel a lot of pressure being a woman in this in this industry, I'm not sure, you know, if I'm doing it right, if I'm doing a service to women in the industry, um, you know, can I have and do it all? Should I? And she's she's sort of like, don't don't worry about it. Just do what you want. You know, it. Don't listen to anybody. I was like, that's really wise coming from a woman who is older and more experienced than I am. Um, and so I came across this phrase in Latin, "alis quola proprius," um, which in Latin translates to she flies with her own wings and it is actually the state motto of Oregon oh. um, and it's, it's translated into the feminine because we see states as feminine though it doesn't need to be translated that way mm. um, and I just thought that was a beautiful statement and way to explore what I had already worked on and kind of push it beyond what it what the piece had been and into an exploration of identity and freedom and individuality. 
So that's the direction the piece has gone in. Um, and another part of the piece is uh, Tony, in looking at the workshop piece, she said, well, what's the significance of just having one man and then a, an ensemble of women? And I said, well, when we were workshopping the piece, those were the dancers that were <laughs> available. There was no significance. It was really like, I want to use these dancers. These are who, who are here in the summer. Let's make a thing. And that ratio had nothing to do really with the message. But it clearly stuck with her as, as having some visual significance. So when I went to recreate this piece and give it its, its title, which is now um, With Your Own Wings, to make it a little bit more general sense of identity versus focusing specifically on the feminine, though that's where it came from, um, I added you <laughs> right <laughs> because i wanted more um i wanted more of a male presence so that i could explore the relationships that we have with each other that shape who we are and how we fly with our own wings i think individuality as a woman as a man as you know whoever you're developing into is doesn't happen in a vacuum you know we we think oh, I'm going to be this independent person and no one's going to help me and I'm not going to lean on anybody. And that's so so not true, at least in my experience. So I, I just wanted to show that to the audience, this, my path as a woman and all of our paths to independence have, have and, and to finding our, our identity, who we are developing into, um, are a result of a lot of relationships and a lot of tension or support um, people passing through our lives, and and that is that is something I think we can all share. Right, absolutely, I think I think it's amazing, you know, thinking about such a um, almost a micro type of thing within this broader context of society. In I guess through the idea of what makes us who we are and who make us who we are, um, I think it allows. A conversation to open up and you know saying hey this is my perspective but it's you know on a deeper level thinking about those connections and I mean even if they are positive or negative or hectic or whatever the the, the interaction may be those those shape us for better or for worse I have one more question um, and this is one that I'm asking kind of everyone that we interview right now um, because I think it's significant in the sense that everyone's input and perspective on it is important and echoes one of the core tenets of art which if you were to ask me means to connect with people who are individuals in an emotional unique and meaningful and lasting way I was talking with Tony about this idea that I was introduced to last year that goes kind of like this when we view a ballet painting, sculpture, opera, or a documentary, or a symphony, when we are immersed in and enthralled by any form of art that we are viewing, there are two forms of art that we experience and that exist subsequently. The art that we see and experience in the moment, and the art that lives with us after the fact. In that sense, and I know we were just talking about it a little bit, um, but what is something you would want the audience to take away from this whole experience? Something that, you know, after we see it and it marinates, you know, yeah. what's something that we could take away? 
specifically from my piece or from the evening in, in general? I or? think either. Because, um, I mean, we did dig into your piece, so I guess maybe even as it's integrated into this context mm. of the celebration of the entire evening. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I hope that that the audience, like you said, is going to take away what they see in the moment and then you have five very different female voices presented that I think certain people will resonate more with specific artists over the course of the evening based on their own experiences. So I think just noticing which pieces speak to you and why mm -hmm. I think is, is the, what's really exciting whenever we see something live and then have the chance to, to back away and see how it, it affects our lives going forward. Um, the other thing that I think is so magical about not necessarily just this program, but live art in general that we can all take away together is the shared experience of the energy in the space. And which is something that we all know has been a little bit lacking. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Um, and to be able to know that you are not experiencing this in a vacuum, but you're experiencing this with a whole group of people that are each having their own individual reactions to it. And how, how wonderful is that to, to recognize after the fact that you are part of that performance? Wow. Right? Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. No, I'm absolutely. I'm really excited for the show. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it truly, truly does. I mean, it's it's so special. I mean, just what we're doing. And I, like you said, there's there's something to be said, a lot of things to be said about, you know, this stark reality in which we find ourselves, wherein for about, about two years almost, it was really hard to have anyone view art in the same place that we were making it or that we were performing it. Yeah. Um, and now that we do have that shared experience, maybe we can almost reflect on it in such a, in such a way that, I don't know, we feel the catharsis of what we went through and now we feel togetherness while mm -hmm. watching beautiful art that is going to spark something within us and unite us inherently. Yeah, absolutely. So, well... Susie, thank you so much. It's amazing talking to you, and I can't wait to put this on stage. Yay. Very soon. <laughs> Very soon. So come to the show, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Eugene Ballet at the Bar. I hope you enjoyed it. This has been the second installment of our series titled Voices of the Celebration, and there are still three more episodes to come. So, make sure you are subscribed to our podcast in order to not miss the rest of this fantastic series. If you enjoyed this episode and our show, please consider sharing it with someone you know that may not have us on their radar. Thank you for your support, and see you again next time.